Django. Yeah, really. Good morning. Good morning. It is a great day to be in the house of God. This is just a building. It's a nice, warm building, a clean building, a place we can come together. But what makes it holy is that we know that any time two or more are gathered in his name, he is here. So would you please stand and help us sing to him this morning? Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change. 
Second Timothy 1.7 says that for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful that we can come together today for this time of worship, and it's a joyful time. Lord, we're here to lift up Jesus together, and I'm glad that everyone's here to do that together with us. Father, this morning, I pray that we can just keep our hearts and our minds focused on you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good, morning. good to see everybody today. We're glad that you've joined us. This month is our Faith Promise Emphasis Month, where we focus on, uh, each week we'll focus on a different mission that we support as a church. You're, you will find a, 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 a pledge card in your bulletin, and if you, want, if you want to do a pledge, they're anonymous, so you just fill that out and put it, drop it in the offering uh, tray, uh, boxes this morning. That way we know kind of what's coming in for missions for the next year. So we appreciate that. that those missions gifts we do above and beyond what we normally give. Today, Adrian Sanchez from Southern Mexico Mission is, Mission is here, and he's going to be sharing the message. His wife Lula's with him, so we're glad to have them here today. Before we continue with our songs, make sure you fill out your connection card this morning. If you're watching online, there's a number you can text, so you can do that online. And before we continue singing, we're going to give you three minutes to go around and say hi to somebody. Please go talk to someone you didn't talk to this morning. Go for it. Lori, Lori.
look to the sun Set our eyes on a Savior See the image of
Ephesians 1, 7 tells us, In him, that is the Son, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. If we just keep looking to him, he can turn graves into gardens. the world, but it couldn't fill me, man's empty praise and treasures that fade never enough, then you came along, put me back together. Turn seas into highways. You're the 
says Jesus said to them I tell you the solemn truth before Abraham came into existence I am let's worship the great I am as we sing this next song
My name is Adrian Sanchez, and I'm thankful to be here today. I am here on behalf of Southern Mexico Missions, which is a mission organization that supports evangelists that are starting churches in Southern Mexico. Uh, this is a ministry that got started with my grandparents when they moved uh, from California down, in, uh, down to Mexico back in 1957. And so I get the opportunity 
and the responsibility to continue my grandpa- grandparents' ministry. And so I'm here today to share the Word of God with you, and I hope it's, it's as encouraging as you guys have been an encouragement to us in our ministry. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you also for your financial support, which makes it possible for us all to have beautiful feet. At least that's what the Bible says. Beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so we get to be the ones down in Mexico sharing the good news, but know that it's because of the sending of churches and people like you. And so thank you from the bottom of our, our heart and uh, every one of our, the evangelists that you support through Southern Mexico Missions. Um, they want to say thank you. They always tell me, tell the brethren we said hi and that we appreciate everything they do. And so I am very, very thankful. Today I would like for you, uh, if you can open up your Bibles or your apps and your cell phones uh, on First uh, Peter chapter four, or First Peter chapter two, verses four through ten, and that's where we're going to be spending most of the time. I'll be jumping in and out of scriptures and different scriptures, but uh, I would like to tell you some fun facts about buildings in Mexico City. We have groups that come down to visit us, and so hint, hint, if there's some of you guys that want to come down and visit Mexico and see the work that we're doing, we'd gladly accept you. You can say, hey, we're here just to serve and work projects, or we're here to do a VBS, or we want to preach, or we want to do something, and we'll get something and put something together. But one of the things that we do is when the group first arrives into Mexico City, we usually take them downtown Mexico City. If they don't get into the airport on time for us to go into Mexico City and do the tour, or what we call the Mexico City tour, it's just walking around for like two hours, uh, we, we, we don't take them usually to Mexico City because it doesn't give us enough time to travel from Texcoco to Mexico City and then back. And so we take advantage. If you, so if you plan on getting into Mexico City, try to get there before like 4 p.m. so that we can still go and visit the, the, these three buildings that I'm going to mention. The first building is the Latin American building. Before I talk about these buildings, let me share with you that the Me- Mexico City is built on top of a lake. So if you don't know, there was a, at one time this huge lake called the Lake of Texcoco. Texcoco is the town where Lula and I are from. And so that huge lake was named after our town. And so we're pretty proud of that. Well, that lake was dried out. Uh, it, 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 so it's a dry lake bed. And buildings are built on top of that. And so if you know anything about a place where there's water, usually the ground is not very strong, and it's not very solid. Where we live, we're close to the mountains, and so it's pretty solid where we live. We have a good uh, a, a st- a structural uh, place to start building. Well, in Mexico City, various buildings are sinking. It, it doesn't take long before they start tilting or sinking, and these three buildings that I'm going to mention have three different um, Uh, uh, things that are happening to them. The first one is the Latin American building, which was built in 1956, and it has hydraulic jacks. And those hydraulic jacks help it to stay plumb all the time. And so they say, they say, that if you are in Mexico City and you are in the earthquake, it's the best place to be in. Of course, windows are going to break because uh, of the shaking, but you're in the safe place. And so what they say is that the hydraulic jacks serve this way. This is ground, and when the ground moves, there's, it's called an earthquake. And this building stays plumb, and so it doesn't move, but the ground is. So if you're at the top, you start seeing the things move towards you. It's not really the building moving, but it's the ground moving towards you. I, I don't want to be there to like really see this happen, 
It's, uh, I, I think it's 50, 50, 47, 47 stories high. It used to be the tallest building in Mexico. Now it's like the seventh tallest. There's other taller buildings. But it's, it's a building where we can go up. And so we usually take groups up there hoping it doesn't uh, shake. The ground doesn't shake while we're up there. But it's a cool place because you can see the whole city of Mexico from the top. And so unless it's really smoggy or really cloudy, you can see the whole valley there. And you see how Mexico City is surrounded by, by the, the mountains that are uh, around it. And so it's in a, in like in a pot. And that's why we always have problems with pollution. But um, it, they had to deep really deep in order to get to the harder clay in order to build this building, this tall building in Mexico City. Another city that I'd like, uh, another city, another building that I'd like to talk about is the cathedral in downtown Mexico City. So the group comes in into the airport, and then we take a couple taxis, uh, bigger, like, suburban taxis, and they'll drop us off at the downtown square, and you see this cathedral, and it's amazing, the architecture and the story behind it. And one of the things they've been doing for the past 30-some years is they've been uh, jacking it up. In the middle of the, the cathedral, there's this plumb line that's about three feet tall, about 14, 16 inches round, and it goes down to a point. As every, anybody who's seen a, uh, an old plumb line, that's, that's, how, that's what they look like, but it's this huge, and then it has this like uh, chain that it's hanging from, it, and it, there's like a map. I, I don't understand the map, but it's telling us where it started and how much it's advanced um, throughout the, the jacking of the building. And I thought they were like jacking it up, but they were actually not jacking it up. They're taking earth from the tallest side, which has been at the highest point, it was about nine feet taller than the lower side of this building. And if you looked at it, you didn't really see that difference, but when you measure it, that's when you can see it. And so they take some earth out of underneath it and let it sink slowly. And so that's how they, they did it until they le they're leveling it all off. It's kind of impressive to, to see this and to know that this is happening in some of these buildings because it's just amazing what we can do with the technology we now know. The other building I'd like to talk about is the, the Palace of Arts. The Palace of Arts is, is a, it's a Palace of Fine Arts, and it's this amazing building made out of French marble. Uh, the marble was brought from France. They brought it into Mexico. They built this building. Of course, anybody who knows marble knows that it's heavy. And so there's places where it's sunk about 12 feet deep. Uh, and you can see there, they have to build some steps down to go into it. And it's kind of cool to see it. It's an amazing building. If you like buildings and architecture, you can look that up, and it's really, really nice, nice building. But... Uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm wanting to get to is that the foundations of these buildings are all different. And uh, the foundation of a building is very important. When we built our house, uh, we, I realized that that was the most expensive part of building a house there in Texcoco. And I talked to the bricklayer and I said, well, can't we like not make it the foundation as deep or as big or as have that much rebar in it, and he's like, no, you don't want to skip out on the foundation. That's the most important part of you. I'm like, no, the most important part is the roof, you know. I don't want rain on me, or the walls. I don't want wind blowing in at me, and he says, none, none of that will matter if you don't have a good foundation, because eventually it'll fall, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess. You know, I was trying to save money to be able to spend it somewhere else on our building, and, um, but they were right. They were right. 
And I'm glad I was able to listen and I got good advice. And he didn't just say, oh, yeah, well, we'll save money. You know, down the road, it's not really saving money. And so sometimes we can get away with constructing a building in a lousy way or not having a good, strong foundation because you can go and work on it later on. But we don't really want to make that mistake in our life. And so today I would like for us to build or to I want like to us to or I would like for me to encourage you to build a purposeful life that can't be shaken. To build a life that, that can be strong. Build a life that can withstand the different situations and circumstances we go through. And so um, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will, de- will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and its collapse was great. So today I would like for us to consider this morning building a purposeful life that cannot be shaken. Let us learn from Peter how to do this. And so open up your Bibles in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10. And they told me for first service I had 25 minutes, but there's no third service, right? So buckle up. Just kidding, hopefully. (laughs) So in order to build a purposeful life that cannot be shaken, the first thing we need to do is make Jesus foundational. Jesus has to be the foundation of our life. Jesus has to be the place where we start everything. I, I was... I constantly get asked, how is it that you have a good marriage with your wife? And I'm like, well, Jesus is the foundation. Jesus has to be the foundation for everything we do. I think if you ask me what's the most successful thing that you have in life, I would say it's my marriage. And that doesn't mean it's perfect. That just means that I have a great foundation. And that I can always come back to that. And that it, no matter what Lula did to me or what I did to Lula, we both knew that we wanted to be on that foundation, that we depended on that foundation, that that was our pivot point in life. And so if I was messing up over here with something and something wasn't going right, it wasn't because I really wanted to. It's maybe because I lost, my, I lost track of what my foundation was. And so we need to make Jesus foundational. It says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We can. We can try. But it's not going to be the real foundation. You can try to do things and do this other things and just be involved in different things that, and lay a different foundation. But at the end of the day, that's going to crumble. It's going to break. And Jesus will not break. Jesus, if we use Jesus as our foundation, it's, it'll be the best thing that we can ever do. It it might not be the easiest way or the fastest way, but it's the best way to do things. Jesus needs to be foundational. Why? Because Jesus was chosen. Jesus was chosen by God to be the foundational rock, to be the cornerstone of everything we are. And so if we understand this, it, it helps us in living our life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, And coming to him as a living stone, which he has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. While people rejected Jesus, and we still reject Jesus, sometimes with our actions, sometimes on purpose, sometimes we mistakenly do it, or because we're not paying attention, when we're not living on a, with a purpose, that's what happens. We, we can deny Jesus by the way we live. It's not like we purposefully do it. Oh, I want to deny Jesus. 
but sometimes with the way we live, we demonstrate that. And so we need to be careful. Jesus was chosen by God. He's choice and precious in the sight of God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says, For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. Jesus came for our sake. He came to deliver us. He came to bring us closer to God, to be that bridge between us and the sin that separates us from God. For we all have fallen short of what God expects out of us. And the payment of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. He needs to be our foundation. Jesus is not, all, not just chosen, he is also precious. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, And coming to him as a living stone, which has rejected by the people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. He's precious. Knowing, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things, like silver or gold, from your futile way of, in, of inherited, of life, excuse me, life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Jesus Christ. And so he's so precious that his blood can cover our sins. He's so valuable. He's more valuable than silver and gold. More valuable than that, because that's probably one of the most valuable things we can have, right? My son was recently, he came, they came back, um, they, they're going to Bible college in, in Missouri, and they were down to visit us for Christmas, and he was talking about how he's going to invest some of his money in gold, because gold is the thing to do. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you're not doing like bitcoins and stuff like that, but um, okay, well, go ahead and go buy some gold, my son. I don't know where he's going to save it or how he's going to protect it, but um, it's a great idea and because gold is valuable. Silver is valuable. And so we, we find this, but Jesus is more valuable yet. He is more precious than gold and silver, and so we need to understand this. And we also need to know that Jesus is trustworthy. And so that's really cool. When you know that your foundation is trustworthy, you, you can live life in confidence. You can live knowing that your God has you covered. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, says it says, Behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will not be put to shame. If you do not want to be put to shame, then you must trust in Jesus. You must make Jesus um, foundational in your life. And this is the first, first thing to build a purposeful life that cannot be shaken. The second thing that we must do is make our service intentional. We must allow our service to be intentional. I, I know, uh, I've heard a lot of people throughout the years that say, well, I've quit this church, or I don't go to this church because they treated me this way, they did this to me, they did that. And I, my question is, well, what did you do? What did you do? And, and so a lot of times we come and we expect people to serve us, but we don't think we can serve others. Or we just don't want to serve others. Did you know or do you realize that you have gifts and that those gifts are for other people to take advantage of? So let's say, for example, you have a great smile. Who gets to see that smile? Probably 95% of the time, other people. The only time you get to see a smile, your smile is if it's a reflection, either on a mirror or a, 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 a window, some other reflection. But most of the time, that gift is for who? For everyone else. And so we, when we understand this, it helps us understand that we need to make our service international, uh, intentional. 
We need to make our service to others. We need to use our gifts. Oh, well, but Adrian, I don't know that I have gifts. Like, I don't like to do public speaking. You know, this is, this is not just the only way. You have other gifts. You may listen to people well. You might have good ways to get a hold of people, to encourage people. Do that. Do that for others. Do that in a way that you're showing them the love that God has for you. Unconditional love. Do it whether they deserve it or not. That's not yours. That's not your responsibility. Our responsibility is to give our gifts. And so we must do that. We must make our, our service intentional. First Peter, and this is where we'll spend most of the time from the rest of the sermon on. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. It says, But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellences of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received the mercy. The first thing that we notice in this scripture is that we have a special calling. What is our calling? But you are chosen people, each and every one of us. You've been chosen, I've been chosen, you've been chosen. We've all been chosen. We've been handpicked by God. Whether you obey him or not, that's your choice. But he has already picked each one of us. Oh, but I don't feel like, it doesn't matter how you feel. It really doesn't. In this culture, feelings are like ruling everything. Oh, I feel like this and I feel like that. That doesn't matter. What matters is who chose you. And God chooses every one of us. And so if you're here, if you're listening to this message, you've been chosen by God to use your gifts for his honor and for his glory. And this is what we need to be focused on. Sometimes, do you think I want to, I feel like preaching? No, there's times when I don't feel like I want to preach. Life has been miserable that week. Things are not going the right way. But yet, every Sunday, I know I have the responsibility to be up front and share the gospel with people. It's my responsibility because it's the gift that God has given me. Oh, but I don't really feel like I... I if, if we did that with everything in life, it'd be a mess. Our life would be a mess. Our culture is becoming a mess because of that. Yes, feelings are important. Don't get me wrong. But they shouldn't be the ones that dictate what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. We'd never get anything done. Man, I, I'd hate to think about how I would be a father to my kids if I just went off of feelings. That would be so terrible. But in order to make our service intentional, we need to understand that we have this special calling because we are chosen people. We have the opportunity to advance God's kingdom. That's what that means. We've been chosen to advance God's kingdom. So what are we doing today? What are we doing this week to advance God's kingdom? I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I can get off by saying, well, I preach on Sunday. <laughs> there you go, you know. But in all reality, what am I doing Monday through Saturday? What am I doing in my every day? What am I doing when I'm driving? What am I doing to advance the kingdom and every opportunity God has given me? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. If you want to be provided to in life, seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. This, is, this should be in our, our goal every morning. We not only are uh, a chosen people, but it says we're a royal priesthood. Man, I've always wanted to be royalty. 
You know, I've, I, I wanted, my, my dream as a kid was I wanted to be a rock star. And because rock stars get treated like royalty, don't they? They have like a special place and people are chanting their name. And it's kind of cool to, to visualize that idea. And so we have a special role. And our role is a, a royal priesthood. Why do we have this role? Again, it's a gift. It's a gift we must give to others. And so we, we have this role so that we can reach others. It's not so that I could be like the popular person. It's so that I can make God popular. So that I can make, make God greater. And that's, that should be our focus, to reach others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's our job. Did you realize that? That we are to reconcile people to God. We are to reconcile each other. So if you see somebody stumbling, if you see somebody that's fallen, what are you supposed to do? Reconcile them. Pick them up. What do we normally do? Make fun of them. Point it out to other people who are still standing. You know, ah, oh, did you see Adrian? He fell down. Look at him. We told him that that was going to happen. He's still doing it. No. Our job is to reconcile people. It says, we beg you on behalf of Christ. Have you, do you like begging? I don't think anybody does. But this is the attitude we should have of begging others to come to Christ. We should be willing to get on our knees to reconcile people to God. Someday, sometime, somebody did that for us. If you don't recall a person, you can remember what Jesus did. Did he deserve to die on the cross? No. Did he deserve everything he got? No. Why did he go through that? Because of you and because of me. To reconcile us to, the, to God. And so we have a special role. We are a, a royal priesthood. We are also a holy nation. We have a special responsibility. As a holy nation, what do you think our responsibility is? To be holy. We need to turn from wickedness. We, each and every one of us knows what our wickedness is. We know what our weaknesses are. We know what our mistakes are. We know where we sin and where we fall short of God, what God expects out of us. And that's what we need to be working on every day. That's what we need to be transforming. We're, we're never going to be perfect. And so if you're trying to get to perfect, you're never going to get there. Let me tell you that. We are only made perfect through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so before God's eyes, we're already perfect. But it's not because of what we've done. It's because of what Jesus has done. And so in order for us, but well, well then Adrian, why do we have to be holy? If we're already perfect in God's eyes because of the blood of Jesus, well, we do it because we're grateful. Are you grateful for what Jesus did for you? Are you grateful that he paved the road so that we can get to heaven? If you are, then out of gratitude, we must act holy because that's what God expects. Why does he expect that? Because he wants us to be a good example. Did you know that each and every one of us are examples to others? Whether we like it or not, we are. And so we must be a good example. We must grow and mature. That's what God wants. I didn't really understand this. When, when I first became a Christian, I was, uh, I was a very rebellious person or a very rebellious youth. I became a Christian. I was baptized, and then I walked away from the faith. I renounced. I publicly told people, I don't want to be treated as a Christian. I don't want to be called a Christian, and I'm going to do and live life however I want to. And so I walked away from Christianity, 
And then when I finally came back and the Lord, uh, I, I didn't really feel like God was going to accept me anymore after everything that I'd done. I remember there was a, serv a service and they made the uh, invitation to come forward if you feel like God is calling you. And I, I just felt that tug inside of my heart like, okay, it's time to give it up. It's time to let go. And so I walked up and grandpa was translating for this person who was preaching. And I remember hugging my grandpa and I asked him, do you think God, do you think God really is willing to forgive everything I've done? Do you think he, he can forgive me? Do you think he wants me back? And he said, yes. He's been waiting you to come back. And so it doesn't matter what we've done. We can always be working on our maturity. It doesn't matter where we've been. We need to understand that we need to grow. And like I said, at that time, I like made a line, and I said, this is the good stuff, and this is the bad stuff. You know, this is devil's side, and this is God's side. And in my mind at that time, I was like, well, how close can I be to this side without really stepping into that side? You know, have you ever been there where you're like, oh, this is so good. This lifestyle over here is it's so good because that's the way sin is. Sin smells good. It tastes good. It looks good. The consequences of it is what we don't like. Once we get it all digested and it comes out, it's not a good thing. You know, and so that's the way sin is. And I didn't realize that then because I was young and naive and I still wanted to have one foot here and, and, and kind of play around, you know. And, and I thought, no, that's not good. And the more I grow closer to God, the more I realize that that's what I need to do is I need to see and focus on him instead of focusing on just being on this side of the team. And we need to be intentional with this. We need to be a holy nation. We need to turn away from wickedness. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is kept away from wickedness. So if we're constantly naming the name of the Lord or representing Him every day in our lives, we will keep away from wickedness. We also have a special identity. We are God's own possession. You belong to God. So we need to cultivate true love for God. Matthew chapter 22, verse uh, 37 says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We need to cultivate true love for God. We also have a special mission. It says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we need to let our lights shine. We need to be a testimony to people. But we must be purposeful with all these different things. Not only understand them, but also practice them in our lives. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, You, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. They may see your good works. People must see our good works. We need to focus on that so that we let our light shine shine and that way we would glorify god and lastly we have a special standing once we were not people but now you are people of god you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy is what it says we need to accept our acceptance it's hard sometimes especially when we know that we've messed up since especially since we know that we've made things that don't make god proud and sometimes we're a lot harsher on ourselves than what God is. And we feel we don't really understand God's grace. 
but he's already provided it for us. So let us take advantage of this in a good way to transform our lives, not to continue in sinning, but also to make a transformation. Our goal in life shouldn't be to be perfect. It should be to be mature, to grow closer to God. And I think if we focus on maturity, we'll get closer to what perfect looks like or to what our older brother Jesus looks like because we're working on maturity. Yeah, did I fall down? Yes, but I got up. And if I fall, there's people that say, if you fall, fall down seven times, get up eight. You know, just every time you, you have a chance to get up. It, it doesn't matter how many times we fall down. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. May we build a purposeful life that cannot be shaken. May each one of us choose to do that. I want to encourage you to make Jesus your foundation, to make our service intentional, and that we may apply what we read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. I, I urge you, I beg you to do this. Really. Take advantage of the opportunities that God has given each and every one of us so that we can glorify God and live a purposeful life that cannot be shaken. God bless you guys. I want to thank Adrian for the message. I hope it impacted you today. There's a lot of wise words coming out of this young man, and uh, we appreciate him sharing with us today. This morning, our praise team is going to come up and lead us in a song of decision. And if you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I really shouldn't put it that way because you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're ready to do that, we invite you to come forward this morning to confess Him as your Lord, to put your faith in Him, to repent of your sins to Him, to meet Him in the baptismal waters where you're going to rise and walk in a newness of life and your sins are washed away. You're going to be a new creation in Christ. And that's just a blessing and it'll change your life for eternity. And we offer you that opportunity this morning. If you're an immersed believer and would like to make First Christian your home, we'd love to have you come forward this morning and be a part of the First Christian family. Maybe some things are happening in life and you need some prayer. If you do come forward, we'd be glad to pray with you. But if you have a decision to make, we invite you to come forward this morning as we stand and sing our song of decision together.
I told the band this morning I had a hard time sleeping last night. I had some stuff on my mind, and that song just played over and over and over and over. I think I listened to it about 950 times in my head, but I appreciate that. You know, when we come around the table to celebrate communion, one of the attitudes that we should have is just an attitude of thankfulness. Because when we are taking this communion, it reminds us of something we should be thankful for. And we should be thankful for the fact that what most people want, I'm not going to say all because you can't ever say that, but what most people want is most people want to go to heaven. I believe that. But everybody has a different idea of how to do that. And the problem with that is, is there's only one way. Jesus says, I'm the truth and the life, and no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, what about this group? And what about that group? What about, no exceptions. Jesus is very exclusive. 
And so when we come around this table, what we should be thankful for is the fact that we know the way, we know the truth, and we know the life. And we understand that to be able to have that eternal life, we only have it through him. And he provides that through his blood. We may all want to go to heaven, and that's a good thing, but the question is, how are you going to get there? And you're not going to get there without Jesus. That's just the fact. And I know people say, well, that's narrow-minded. Talk to God about that, because he's the one who said that. And so when we take this communion this morning, we're reminded by the bread and by the cup of the blood that was shed, by the body that took the, the, the punishment that we should have had, we are reminded that we can have eternal life, and it's through Jesus and Christ alone. And so when you take your communion this morning, reflect on those elements, but also reflect on being so thankful because God did what we can't do. We cannot earn eternal life. The Old Testament proved that. Adam and Eve proved that. But we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we're thankful that we can come around this table and we can celebrate this time of communion, to celebrate this, what sometimes can be a solemn occasion when we think about the fact that your son died on the cross. But it's not so solemn when we realize he defeated death. And because of his shed blood, we can have eternal life. We are so thankful for that. We thank you for that gift. And Father, I pray that as we meditate on our communion this morning, that one of the things that we ask ourselves, are we wasting our gift? Or are we maximizing the gift you've given us? It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. On the inside of your bulletin, we have announcements for today. 
uh, uh, Jerry's having all of his youth groups this evening. Roger's group is going to meet tonight. Uh, Dale's is not going to meet tonight because we're not in Core 52, so you got a week off. Next week, we'll start in Lesson 5. Yeah, I, kept, I looked at it and I couldn't remember. We're going to be in Lesson 5, so don't worry about doing anything with that this week. You can work on your memory verses from the past four weeks. Um, we have all of our Bible studies this week. Uh, the Sunshine Ladies are meeting on Saturday at Culver's. Operation Christmas Child is looking for some donations. You can see that in the bulletin. Also, uh, Peach's Pantry is also. And just one thing I wanted to note. Some, I don't know how many in this service know Gloria Beck, but Gloria passed away on the 29th, and she was just a, just a wonderful lady. We really missed her, and uh, she's gone on to be with the Lord. Next Sunday at 4 p.m., we're going to have a Super Bowl party. As you can see, we've got the screen completed yesterday, thanks to Andrew, and so we've got our full, full screen now. And so we'll be showing the Super Bowl in here. The other room, the other building will have games and food set up. And um, you will be able to eat food in here, but if you've got youngsters, you're going to have to police them because we don't want it all over the place. I shouldn't even say that about them. I spill stuff too. But anyway, um, you can bring board games. It's a lot of fun. There'll be a chili and soup cook-off going on. So if you want to have your stuff judged, uh, you can do that and win the big prize of I don't know what other than you can walk around and say you got the best chili and soup in the church. And so that'll be a lot of fun. So we encourage you to be here for that. Uh, for years, we quit doing it. Some of it was because I'd see what we were showing, and I'm like, I can see it better at home. My TV at home ain't going to beat this. So anyway, we're thankful for that. I um, want to thank Adrian for being here. As I said, this kicks off our Faith Promise Week. What Faith Promise is, it's the way we fund the missions in our church. It's basically, we fund, I say all, we fund about 85% of our missions or so through Faith Promise. And so we ask people to make pledges. They're anonymous. You can also go online and do it online too. And uh, what a Faith Promise is, just saying, God willing, this is how much I'm going to give above and beyond what I give to the missions program of the church. We have four of them. It gets sent to all four, of, divided by, by four on that. Next week, we'll have a focus of Boise Bible College. We'll have a video from them, and we'll talk a little bit about Boise. But if you get the opportunity, we'll have the pledge cards out throughout the month to do that. If you have any questions, come see me about that. I think that's all the announcements. It seems like I had one other. Oh, yes, I do. They have, we've started our uh, repair and remodel in the offices. Uh, the, remember we told you the, the, the roofs are bad. They've got to be replaced. They aren't leaking at the moment, so they went ahead and redid my office last week. They're going to work on Crystal's office on Monday, starting on Monday. So what we're going to do today is, if you want to, a bunch of us are going to go to the Chinese buffet by Cal Ranch for lunch. So if you want to interact with Adrian and Lula, you can do that. And then what I'm going to ask is if a few of the guys, if you can come with me after that to come to the church, we'll clear out her office. It's four file cabinets and a desk and a couple minor things. We can't do it after church because I don't want to hurt, inter interrupt the counters because they're in there counting and they don't need us all doing crazy things. And so Crystal's office is actually going to be set up in the foyer. So she'll have a really big office for the week. But anyway, um, hopefully they're going to start on the roofing soon. We had a busted glass that was fixed. They're retinning the uh, foyer so that we can get better uh, security and better heat uh, blocking. And so this month we spent a lot of money on repairs and stuff, but you guys have been very generous so that we can do that. Anyway, so that's all I have for that. I'm sorry. I, it's the one by Cal Ranch. That's it's, yeah, over by Subway and all that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, 
I don't know how many people are going to show up, but whoever's there, there. And like I said, when we're done there, if we can get a few guys to come help us get things out of her office, and it'll be, it won't take very long. Nothing super heavy. So, all right, that's all the announcements we have. You'll notice on the back of your bulletin we have prayer concerns. And one thing we had our men's men's ministry pancake breakfast. They had a really good turnout for that. All the proceeds to that were directed to Santa on the West End. It's I think it's like three close to three hundred dollars. So we thank everybody for that, and we'll be doing that. Uh, whenever we do those, we'll dedicate those funds to one of our outreaches. I believe that's it, so let's stand together. We encourage you to take your bulletin home, be praying for people that are going through these difficult times, and there's a lot of people that are struggling right now, health-wise and otherwise. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we can come together this morning and hear your word proclaimed, that we can share the gift of love with one another, that we can be together, that we can grow together in community. Lord, I pray that as we live life this week, we take full advantage of our citizenship in heaven and that we share the gospel with those around us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. not the chorus. No, that was not the chorus.